0: radio you am roaming across your mind still tuned in to the hazard management segment with me DJ honey okay I'm sharing with you about mechanical and electrical hazards okay now let's take a look at other injuries related to mechanical hazard now another injury that uh, is related to mechanical hazard that I'm going to share with you is crushing okay and of course you know even the even the name of the injury is very very painful. Okay, and injuries from crushing can be uh, debilitating, can be difficult to heal. Okay, so it's very important for us to uh, identify the risks and prevent it from happening. Okay, basically, if you want to get technical, okay, if the name crushing is not uh, obvious enough for you. Uh, Crushing injuries occur when a part of the body is caught between two hard surfaces that progressively move together, thereby crushing anything between them. So, you can just imagine, say, the simplest uh, example would be your hand. You know, just imagine the door slamming and your hand is caught in between. So, your hand is crushed between the door and the door frame, okay? So, imagine... uh, a mega-sized uh, machinery, you know, crushing your one of your extremities, okay? Scary, scary thought. Okay, let's move on to the next injury related to mechanical hazard, which is fractures. Now, Machines, of course, uh, there are machines that are going that are going to do the work to deform raw materials. Okay, sometimes it's wood, sometimes it's steel. You know, in factories, in manufacturing plants, yeah. And these machines, of course, it has such high impact. It has such strong force that it can easily break human bone. Okay, and when the human bone is broken, it is known as a fracture. Okay, the simple fracture. Where a break in a bone uh, does not pierce the skin, okay? There's a compound fracture where the break has broken through the surrounding tissue and skin, okay? There's a complete fracture which divides the affected bone into two or more separate pieces. And there's incomplete fracture, okay? Where it leaves the affected bone in one piece but cracked, okay? So, these are... You know, even even reading about it Or even hearing about it Is very, very painful Okay And there are also other types of fractures Okay Transverse fracture Oblique fracture And comminute fracture Okay Basically, a a converse fracture Is a break at right angles To the axis of the bone Oblique fracture is diagonal Comminute fracture, on the other hand Occurs when the bone is broken Into a number of small pieces At the point of fracture Now the thing is all these different types is not is, is is good to know but it's not as important as knowing how to prevent them from occurring okay something i'll be sharing with you Just a little bit later. Okay, now let's take a look at another injury that is related to mechanical hazards, which is straining and spraining. Okay, now imagine an industrial setting, you know, a factory, a manufacturing plant, a manufacturing plant of some sort, you know. And of course, in these in these settings, yeah, there are numerous situations when straining of muscles or spraining of ligaments is possible. Okay, this is this is when your muscles are overstretched or even torn, okay? And of course, uh, this 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 type of injuries can cause swelling and intense pain, okay? And of course, when people are in pain, they, A, they probably won't work or B, they'll probably on, be on leave or C, if they are working, they'll not be at their fullest uh, potential or their, at their best capacity to work, okay? And the last injury related to to mechanical in uh, mechanical hazards not mechanical engineering is puncturing okay these are basically machines that have sharp tools, okay, which can puncture a body part if safety precautions are not observed or if appropriate safeguards are not in place, okay basically, uh, when an object penetrates straight into the body and pulls straight out creating a wound in the shape of the piercing object, this is puncturing okay, and of course the greatest risk with puncture wound is that it can cause damage to internal organs okay, maybe it can damage your spleen liver you know your intestines your stomach or even worse your heart okay which can which can even rob a person of his or her lives. Okay, so we need to identify these risks. We need to do something about it. And speaking of doing something about it, speaking of preventing mechanical hazards, there are general precautions that you can follow to safeguard yourself from mechanical hazards. If you want to know what those uh, simple general precautions are, you need to stay tuned to Radio U.M. Worst or the best, but you gotta respect my honesty And I may break your heart But I don't really think there's anybody who's bombing Hi Radio oh you am roaming across your mind, still tuned in to the hazard management segment with me, DJ Hanim. Today, we're taking a look at mechanical and electrical hazards. Okay, and we're still discussing mechanical hazards, okay? Now, before the break, I shared with you, or I promised you that I'm going to share with you about preventing mechanical hazards. Okay, so here are some of the general precautions that you can take in order to prevent mechanical hazards. Okay, the first being... All operators should be trained in the safe operations and maintenance of their machines, okay? Now, the operative word here is train, okay, Uh, and operation and maintenance, okay? Of course, training is very important. You need to empower the people in the uh, workplace with knowledge on how to operate or control the machineries and how to maintain or, you know, take care of the machinery so that it will work in its best of course. In its best capacity. Okay, now another uh, general precaution is all machine operators should be trained in the emergency procedures to take when accidents occur. And this this is not related. This is this is partially related, perhaps, yeah, to uh, first a you know emergency responses. But this is also a, in relation to what to switch off. Sometimes you know the machine it malfunctions, you know, and it causes injuries, and the workers do not know where to switch it off okay they only know how to operate and they don't know how to switch it off okay this does not do okay of course if the the injury involve heavy machinery and so on then perhaps you need to uh, know how to switch it off how to stop uh, the production or something you know so this can help In preventing further injuries or serious injuries, okay? Another general precaution is that all employees should know how to activate the emergency shutdown controls, okay? Again, you need to know how to uh, activate these controls, okay? The next general precaution is in terms of inspection, maintenance, adjustment, repair and calibration of safeguards which should be carried out regularly, okay? Even the safeguards. Safeguards. Of course, you know, at the very beginning of perhaps buying the, purchasing the machine, you know, you have all the safeguards in place, okay? But 10 years on, you know, the, the safeguards probably, there, there can be improvements to the safeguards, okay? So, regularly do this, inspect, maintain. Adjust, adapt, and so on. Also, supervisors should ensure that safeguards are properly in place when machines are in use. Okay. Employees who disable or remove safeguards should be disciplined appropriately. Sometimes you know the company gives the employee, you know, all the goggles. All the safety goggles, or maybe some safety uh, uh, materials, or safety uh, vest that they need to wear, but they didn't wear. Okay, so you need to set the rule that everybody have to follow this because this involves your life, your well, your well-being. Okay, the next uh, general precaution to prevent mechanical hazard is operator teams. Yeah, maybe one or two. One or two or more operators Of the same system Should be trained in coordination techniques And proper use of devices That prevent premature activation By a team member Okay, just imagine If you are in a line Okay, so you have to do Step A, step B, step C Okay, step C can only Can only happen after step A That is done So there's, there needs to be A synchronisation Okay, coordination Between all three Different operators Okay operators should be trained and supervised to ensure that they dress properly or for the job, okay? Sometimes even long hair can pose a problem in the workplace, okay? This is not just about looking good, it's about being safe as well, okay? Uh, Sometimes loose clothing is not a good option in certain manufacturing plants or factories, you know? Or maybe sometimes neckties is out of the question, or you can't wear rings, okay? Or for the ladies you can't wear necklaces or bracelets and so on, you know? And these, these things, because these things can be be can become caught in the equipment and will pull the employee in the hazard zone. Okay, so save your lives. Okay, maybe you work eight hours a day. Okay, so wear the jewelry the rest of the day. Okay, sixteen hours later you wear the jewelry. Okay, and then another uh, general precaution is shortcuts that violate safety principles and practices should be avoided, okay? You want to get from point A to point B, there's a safely designated way for you to get there, okay? Although going through that machine, you know, is the shortest way, if it is not safe, don't do it, okay? And if you catch, say, if you are the management, if you're the supervisor and you catch your employee doing this, then perhaps a fine, some, some disciplinary action needs to be taken, Okay? Uh, Another general precaution when it comes to preventing mechanical hazards is deadline pressures should never be the reason for unsafe work practices. This is very important, okay? Of course, we like to chase the deadline, we like to deliver the goods before the deadlines or on the deadline, you know, but still, safe work procedures should be the number one uh, driving factor in any manufacturing plant, any workplace, okay? And last but certainly not least, the general precaution to prevent mechanical hazards is that other employees who work around machines but do not op- operate the machines should be made aware of the emergency procedures to take when an accident occurs. Sometimes, you know, you are around the machine but you are unaware of the machine. You know, what should what should you do? Which switch you should switch? You know, if something bad were to happen. So, if you are working around these machines and if the, the organisation or the company you work with is not proactive enough in educating you, then perhaps... You be proactive, you ask around, okay, how do I switch this off if this were to happen, okay, what to do when this happens, things like that. So, educate yourself, empower yourself with the knowledge, okay. Now, after the break, I'll come back with an overview of the next hazard that is surrounding us, okay, that is very important for you to find out too. So, stay tuned to iRadio OUM. Radio OUM roaming across your mind. Thank you so much for still tuning in to so, Radio OUM in today's installment of Hazard Management, where I'm sharing with you mechanical and electrical hazards. Now we're on to our discussion on electrical hazards. Now, did you know that our body, the human body, is very sensitive to electric shocks? Okay, and depending on how strong the electrical current is and how long you've been, uh, the electrical current have been flowing through the human body. This can affect or influence the severity of injury uh, due to electrical shock. Okay. Also, the body part involved and the frequency of exposure is also the influencing factors to the uh, electrical hazard or electrical shock hazard. Okay. Now, what happens if you are exposed to electrical shock, if you come into contact to electrical uh, shock or le- electrical you know, all these electrical hazards, yeah. Now, electrical alternating currents, yeah, Uh, electrical, the the electricity or the electric current or alternating current or AC will make the heart beat rapidly, okay. This will in turn uh, render the heart ineffective at pumping blood blood, sorry, to vital organs in the body, okay? Then what happens is that uh, the the electrocuted or the the victim suffering from electric shock will uh, be unconscious, will have weak lungs and diaphragm, okay? And then, of course, this will cause the human heart and lung not to function normally, okay? Not only that, we've also seen cases, you know, on the TV, you know, uh, that where victims... Burned burnt due to electric arcs of high voltage you know some cases of, of addicts breaking into the um, the voltage house TNV voltage house and so on you know so this is also another side effect of um, electrical hazard okay and of course just imagine you know if you were to uh, change a light bulb for example you know and you were climbing a, a step ladder metal ladder whatever you know and you get electrocuted okay then not only will you be electrocuted there's also the risk of you falling down okay another bigger risk which will cause injury okay now of course, electrical hazards does not appear out of the thin air. Okay, There are many sources of electrical hazards. Okay, One of the uh, sources or uh, uh, factors of electrical hazards is contact with a bare wire carrying current. This is perhaps one of the most common uh, sources of electrical hazard or electrical hazard injuries related to electrical hazard. Now, a person can get electrical shock if he or she comes into contact with a bare wire carrying a current. You know, such as when walking on a surface with electrical current due to an exposed high-voltage wire cut by a storm, okay? Now, speaking of contact with bare wire uh, carrying current, yeah? Of course, if the bare wire is not carrying current, then there's no risk there, okay? Okay. But if the wire is carrying current and it is improperly wired, okay, just imagine your workplace is improperly wired or whatever, you know, this may also cause a danger, okay? And one common mistake in relation to this is to jump the ground wire to the neutral wires, okay? Now, in this case, the ground wire is actually connected to the neutral wires, And equipment usually operates in a fixed way, but the hazard occurs when low voltages are generated on exposed parts of the equipment, such as the housing. And if the neutral circuits become corroded or maybe loose, then, of course, um, the voltage on the ground wire may increase to a dangerous Level And when this happens and when it is exposed or uh, a person touches the exposed wire, then this may be a problem, okay? Now, another source of electrical hazard is when you work with electrical equipment in a damp surrounding, okay? It, the lower the humidity, the higher rate of discharge of electrical charges, okay? And electro electrostatic sparks are often greater during cold, dry winter days Okay, or at least in Malaysia cold, dry days Okay, and adding humidity to the air is not commonly used to combat static discharge in fact, higher humidity may result in an uncomfortable working environment and adversely affect affected equipment okay now these are some of the sources of electrical hazards I'll be sharing more with you but let me take a small break first don't go anywhere stay tuned to iRadio UU You am roaming across your mind, still tuned into the hazard management segment, and I'm still sharing with you some of the sources of electrical hazards. Our discussion today is mechanical and electrical hazards. Now, another source of electrical hazard is power source not switched off. Okay, now of course, uh, remember the, the, the example I gave you earlier. You're changing a light bulb and then you get electrocuted, for example. Yeah, now of course, this can be prevented if only if only. Only you were to switch off the power source, okay? Now, ensure that the power, the main power source has been shut off before carrying out maintenance work, okay? And of course, uh, there's also um, sometimes, you know, the sources of electrical hazard comes from equipment failure, okay? Wet insulation, perhaps, yeah, can become a conductor and cause an electrical shock, Portable tools defects can result in the device's housing, carrying an electric current. Broken power lines carry high current and voltage and can cause severe disabling shocks. And when equipment is not properly grounded or insulated, an unshielded worker may receive a bad electrical shock. Now, of course, these are some of the... ...sources of electrical shock. So now, the bigger question, how can we prevent electrical hazards or electrical shocks... Well, one of the ways is by ensuring the electrical system grounding. The grounding of electrical equipment is actually the main way or the, the primary method of reducing electrical hazards. Now, why do you ground the electrical system? It's basically to safeguard the user from electrical shock to reduce the probability of a fire and protect the equipment from damage. Yeah? And grounding ensures a path to the earth for the flow Hãy of access. Uh, current okay so make sure that the uh, equipment yeah if they, they use electrical electricity you know it is properly grounded okay now another uh, way to prevent electrical shocks or electrical hazards is humidification now humidification can also be used as a mechanism for reducing electrical static electrostatic yeah, electrical static and raising the humidity above 65% actually reduces this charge accumulation and anti-static materials have also been used effectively to reduce electric static hazard okay another way to prevent electrical hazards is by having double insulation so you're basically increasing the electrical equipment safety and most double insulated tools have plastic non-conductive housings okay and of course another uh, electrical hazard is lightning so Perhaps you know to prevent electrical hazard is to have the lightning hazard control, okay? Such as using lightning rods, avoiding standing on high places or near tall objects when lightning is uh, when there's lightning, not working near flammable materials during thunderstorm, making sure all electrical appliances are grounded properly. Okay, wearing safety or rubber boots when working outdoors or when you are exposed to lightning, not using the telephone use during an electrical storm, avoid using electrical appliances during an electrical t- storm. And last but not least, not standing near open doors and windows during electrical storms. Okay, these are some of the lightning hazard controls and overall some of the uh, controls or some of the uh, precautions that you can take against. Um, against electrical hazards okay so there you have it it seems that we've come to the end of today's installment of hazard management I hope you've had an informative hour with me discussing about mechanical and electrical hazards if you have anything to share about this topic you can share it via our feedback form in our website iradio.oum.edu.my or our Facebook page just search for iradio.oum on Facebook okay we all, we've also had that link on our website as well. And with that, this is me, Hanim, signing off. You have a great day ahead. Stay tuned to our radio OUM. Assalamualaikum. Bye-bye.